All in preparation for the challenges that lie ahead. This is a show that feeds the mind with inspiration and truth on the issues of the day. If it's important to your life, you'll find it here. Hosted by Malcolm Out Loud. Well, how important are evangelicals in the upcoming election? And is this a moment of truth for Christianity? We're going to talk about the upcoming election and what God may have to say about all of this. It's Malcolm Allout here. I'd like you to meet Father Michael Maginal. You know, I'm going to tell you just a little bit about him. He went to Rome from 1979 to 1984 to study theology. And there he gained an advanced degree in biblical theology. Father Mike was ordained a priest in 1983. And he was assigned to St. Stephen Mater Parish, where he is a pastor uh, of the parish. And this is in Gary, Indiana, I believe. And uh, Father Mike, it's good to have you with me today. Welcome. Thank you, Malcolm. So I am uh, really uh, look forward to having this conversation. Let me tell folks a moment that I initially met you out in Rome. I was out for uh, a pilgrimage in Rome and met you, and uh, and we spoke thereafter uh, at an event, and uh, and I think we had some really terrific conversation. And I wanted to invite you on because you have, I think, a very unique perspective, being you know a man of God and being uh, one in the church, and and but. Yet, you, what I was most impressed with is that what's very relevant about you is you, you seem to have um, your finger on the pulse, uh, at least I felt you did, in what was really going on in um, also our political elections and the importance of Christianity. So I want to talk about that today, and okay. uh, I want to start here. I want to bring everybody back to March of the year 1865, March 1865. It was Abraham Lincoln's second inauguration. A newspaper correspondent noted that the president laid his right hand and facing Supreme Court Chief Justice Salmon Chase, he swore to preserve, protect, and defend the U.S. Constitution. Well, then the reporter noted, solemnly repeating, So help me God. President Lincoln bent forward and reverently kissed the book. Now, this was the first documented eyewitness account of a U.S. president asking for God's assistance at his inauguration. And while the oath of office is laid out in the Constitution, it really includes no reference to God. The founders barred any religious requirement for the office specifically, but the words, so help me God, have nevertheless become the standard conclusion of the oath that U.S. presidents have long understood. And the reason for this is that, you know, that our citizens, they want them to show some humility and demonstrate a faith in God as they perform their presidential duties. I find that a little bit interesting, a piece of uh, history that you may not have known today as you bring it back all the way to 1865 and uh, the, the great President Abraham Lincoln. From a Christianity point of view, what do you think, Father Mike, are the implications of this next election? Yes, there has seemed to be a a growing spirit of anti-Christianity in this country, perhaps even in the world. And and certainly, um, if it continues to go unchecked, we could really be facing very difficult times as Christians. 
And it, and it, it seems to a lot of people that it has gone unchecked. We're, we're, I guess the best way to look at it, maybe, Father Mike, is we're in uncharted waters, you know? Yes. I mean, that, that's one way to say it, yeah. You know, another very interesting observation, by the way. Randall Balmer, a historian of religion at Dartmouth College, says that, and I quote, In the United States, religion serves as a proxy for morality. What we as voters want to know is that our presidential candidates have some sort of moral center or moral compass. And we really don't know how to ask the question other than to say, are you religious? Do you agree with that? Yes, I do. I do see that um, um, our country was founded on a belief in at least God as a creator. Uh, and uh, certainly um, it, it seems that that is a strong basis for our founding fathers, that um, he created man in his image and likeness and and so we have an an inalienable right to um freedom the pursuit of happiness and and uh liberty and uh but it is a liberty that is based on a loving creator god as opposed to anything atheistic and uh um, kind of without uh, any supreme authority that is guiding how we are to to govern ourselves and one in, and our nation. Well, we are. We've always considered ourselves a Christian nation for the most part. In fact, I want to share with you something, Father Mike. That uh, a Pew Research. Uh, I want to talk about the electorate just a moment. I want to. I want to reference Pew Research, and they say that those who identify themselves as born-again or evangelical Christians constitute a pretty good sizable share of the electorate. And let me give you some numbers here. It's almost about a third, a third, a third, and let me explain. A little more than a third, 36% of registered voters uh, uh, say that they are uh, born-again or evangelical Christians, okay? Um, Okay. 37% say they are non-evangelical Christians, 37%, 37%, so almost even there, 36, 37, but 27%, the balance of folks, identify with non-Christian face, so they are totally non-Christian, so you can see that would be made up of the other sector, so it's almost a third, a third, a third, although a little bit less on the non-Christian face, so that's sort of the electorate, according to research now that we're looking at. Now, NPR reports that this expectation of presidents and religion, however, is being tested with the candidacy of both Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, which are obviously our two choices in this election cycle for governing the United States of America, Father, right? I mean, that's going to be the choice. Mm-hmm. Yes, either one or the other. So now, when you, what they came out, and we know NPR, we know which way they slant politically, but let me still stay with this narrative a moment here, okay? Uh, they're saying that uh, Donald Trump, of course, has been married three times, who, ma- who mangles his references to the Bible, they say, that he doesn't often need forgiveness, and when asked what he thought about Jesus, managed only to say he respected him in terms of bravery and in terms of courage. I want to ask you something here. Why do you think Christians have supported Donald Trump? believe that he is seeing that Christianity has been under attack, that it is 
that what we believe in um, is not allowed to really be said in the you know open market you know, out in the out, out plainly and it seems like that is the one reason to squelch uh, free speech is if you mention anything that has to do with christianity um it is un-american in some way and uh and really our uh, forefathers saw the freedom of speech as the number one uh, right of Americans is to be freely able to express their deepest held beliefs. And certainly it doesn't impose it on anyone. They're free to listen, they're free to ignore, but they should be free to say it. And how people accept it or reject it, you know, that's up to the individual person. But it seems like uh, recently um, there's actual, actual, uh, um, attempts to try to squelch that, to um, impinge on that freedom to even say it. And, and you think maybe the attraction to Donald Trump is the fact that he says what he says, when he says it? Yes. And, and that people uh, can relate to that? Yes. Uh, people are, it's very refreshing. No, ma- and, no, no uh, matter whether you agree or you disagree with the comment, in other words, at least you're getting some sort of truth, which is normally at a premium when it comes to truth from politicians, huh? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Well, listen, as we pause a moment here, I want to ask you when we get back, is it possible, and why don't you think about this a moment here, I'm serious on the next couple of questions here, is it possible that Donald Trump was sent from God? Is it possible that Donald Trump is being delivered to this country at this time, at this moment, from God. Is that possible? I also want to talk about the differences between these two candidates and who would be better in a better position to lead this country forward. We'll continue with Father Mike just after the break. been a lot of talk about Christianity in America, and we know well before this election, in fact, that, uh, you know, Christianity has been under siege for some time now in America, really around the world, definitely around the world, but definitely here in America as well. Uh, We've referenced the fact that the United States is a Christian nation for many reasons. I explained to you what the Pew Research showed, uh, that really it's a third, a third, and a third, that uh, a third of our electorate you know, document themselves as being a evangelical or born-again Christian. A third say they're, they're not, and a third are non-Christians. So you can sort of do the math from there and understand the importance of the Christian vote uh, and the importance of the, of, of, of the religious vote, uh, period, uh, is two-thirds of the populace. Uh, indeed. So, so I asked you before the break, Father Mike, I'm serious. Before I get into, you know, the difference of Clinton and Trump this moment here, I think people recognize you just hit it before the break when you said this is a man who speaks some truth. Whether you agree with that truth or not is not what you're speaking of. But the fact that he is saying things that have never been said before in political circles is so it has certainly opened up a lot of eyes. And it's also dropped a lot of mouths. (laughs) And people have become aghast at some of this because it's unusual. Let's face it, it's change in in the political uh, forum that we're uh, typically accustomed to in a general election cycle in America, you know. But having said that, here we are 
And, you know, a lot of people realize that, you know, Donald Trump was probably not the altar boy. He probably would not have qualified uh, to be one of the most religious people you've ever met. Um, and, and I'm not judging him or judging anybody for that matter, but I, I think we can all sort of agree um, that, you know, he was a different sort of character as people. Ha- but is it possible? Is it possible at all, Father Mike, that, that, that this man, that this man, Donald Trump, Donald J. Trump was sent here to this country at this moment, at this time, for reasons that are well beyond the, 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 the norm for most people to understand this. Is this possible? I believe so. I think what is great about Christianity is certainly Jesus came to save us from our sins. Therefore, what one did in their past um, is not determinant for all eternity. They can change, they can convert, they can grow closer to God. In fact, that's the call for every single person, is to do that. None of us are perfect, we're all human, and we make mistakes, but those mistakes made in the past don't have to, you know, be tied to us forever. We can re- reject them and move forward um, with a new way of thinking. And I, I do believe that uh, uh, he um, has been part of the old system. Uh, he, being a, a businessman, kind of had to play politics, you know, both sides of politics, whoever won, so that they may do the best for his self-interest and such. And he was part of that system. I was very successful being part of that system. But then he seemed to kind of come to a realization that there's another way to do this. And he kind of went rogue on, on the system and made a lot of people nervous that also got very comfortable with the way things that are done. And I, I could kind of see him like probably one realization when you looked at his last time he filled out his taxes, he had like three feet of paper. He had a, you know, it was his tax form. Um, and uh, does things have to be done this way? Um, and uh, and so he seems to um, want to get out of doing things that way and come to present a new way of doing things that uh, are much more in line with Christian principles. And uh, and and so it, it's kind of encouraging to a lot of people who. Um, always say they want to change these things, but they never really were part of it. And so when they do try to change something, it, it doesn't go anywhere. We get the same old, same old. And and I think there's a lot of frustration in America, even in the rest of the world, um, looking at you know way um, Europe was going and 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 the, the Brexit uh, kind of marking a crack in the dike there. And the same thing kind of happening in our country. Is there a different way to doing things instead of uh, business as usual? And and here is someone who could actually, who wants to change business as usual, even though he was successful in it, that there's a better way to do that. And that's kind of, I think, what um, uh, is very encouraging, that we we can rethink things and and especially 
um, put them in accord with Christian principles. I think there was um, a movement to change things, but not according to Christian principles, maybe more to socialistic or atheistic or godless type of principles. And and that, I believe, is starting to be rejected. It's not working. So speaking and, of the Brexit and speaking of the U.K. and what's just happened in Europe, um, and looking at that, Father Mike, and then looking at what's happening here in this country and what's really happening around all the world with the, the, the attacks, the radical Islam attacks and the, the, the problems that, you know, we're having to, the, the, to kind of surface through all of this. Uh, yeah, it gets pretty heavy. We talk a lot on our platform about, you know, um, this radical Islam and the, the cult that it is, the cult following that it is. It really is a cult to me, uh, following, yeah. if you will. It, it, is, that a, is that a wrong statement, or do you agree with that? No, I agree. It is, And it's very significant because no one seems to really be dealing with it. Right. Everyone's afraid to deal with it because they think they're going to be attacking a religion, um, but uh, it is um, not really being dealt with because they don't. No one wants to really see what what's what's this all about, and because it's going untreated, um, it's growing like a cancer. And people want people to actually deal with it and not try to change narratives and you know and you know try to using word games and such to to say that there's no problem here to see folks and everyone sees there's a serious problem that needs to be dealt with and just can't be talked away right and that's exactly it and that's that's kind of what we're seeing uh, uh there's a big part of the political class father who want to put it under the carpet and pretend it mm-hmm. does not exist and and we know that mm-hmm. we, we know this is true uh and yet it does exist because it keeps showing its ugly head time and time again yep. you know and we continue to see it so the proof is in the evidence is really in the events that have happened in these recent years now that have led us up to this moment. And I think you probably would agree with me by saying some of the things we're seeing in Europe, uh, in the Middle East, and here in America are really quite fascinating and a very interesting conversation, but by but by biblical proportions, if you will. We're living in some very interesting times. Would you agree with that? Yes, definitely. Yeah. And they are biblical proportions, the things that we're experiencing right now. They're moments in history, aren't they? Definitely. Yeah. We're at a crossroads. Yeah. yeah. We could, um, I, I would say that, uh, like, uh, people's borders, mm-hmm. you know, Europe kind of want to kind of go somewhat borderless with the European Union. Right. And we kind of want to. There are certain huge segments of our society that think we should be welcoming of all people and, uh, and, you know, whether they come here legally or illegally, sanctuary cities and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, but, uh, yes, we do need to kind of see our people, why are people coming here? And, uh, why do people want to, in, in, infiltrate, you know, and they don't assimilate. Right, right, and, absolutely. And Europe is coming to, you know, no, if you want to be Muslim, stay in a Muslim country. What's the purpose for coming to a non-Muslim country and yet demand that they have a little ghetto uh, 
segregated for them mm -hmm. to have Sharia law. Um, and, and all and, the cultural things know, that go yeah. with that. That's that's right. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I, I want to tell you that um, it's interesting as we talk about this now, and I, I'm just thinking here, with all of these developments, um, I want you to take a moment for me, please, and give me your honest reaction. I, I want you to be, I mean, I, you're, I always think you're honest and truthful, but I, I, I'm going to ask you to step out of the box a little bit here. And, and draw for me a scenario in, the, in a couple of minutes here. Take a couple of minutes and tell us, what is your opinion of where this country goes next if we elect, if this country elects a Hillary Clinton presidency versus a Donald Trump presidency? From your viewpoint, tell me what the stark differences are of these two situations. I mean, most people believe the country is not headed on the wrong, is not headed on the correct path right this moment. I think about everybody you ask, the vast majority of folks, Christian or non-Christian, believe the country is not headed on the right path right now. They feel we're in some really uncharted waters. As you said a moment ago, we're at the crossroads. Bring me back to those crossroads and the important this election. And the most important question I want to ask you, the difference between going to a Hillary Clinton, which would be another Barack Obama administration, another cycle in term of that, or the election of a Donald Trump What's your opinion, Father Mike? Yes, I would think that the first great difference is probably a very globalist view, you know, that there should be no borders anywhere. People should go wherever they feel like. It sounds like a kumbaya type of thing. But there is a reason why we do um, have borders and, 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 uh, um, and anyone's free um, to come into a place if they are going to do no harm to the place. But if they have another agenda, then no, they should not be allowed to, to come in. And if there, it is to, to disrupt, there are enemies. You know, not everyone, you know, just because we say they are a peaceful religion or a peaceful people that belong to uh, a peaceful religion, that they, that's what they have in mind when we see that the opposite is true. And thus, we do need to find a way to see who is an enemy of our country and allowing them in, as opposed to those who um, have peace, you know, good intentions and would be more than welcomed in. And there, and a failure to just see that is putting our head in the sand. So we do need to make that distinction, and so, so that 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 needs to be tested in some way. And uh, um, right now, there doesn't seem to be people willing to test that out in some way. Um, because they will be considered to be, they have a high, another agenda that they're racist. They're, they, they're against these people. But really, it, it is not, uh, we're not gonna, if we believe that narrative, then we're going to be in trouble because we're going to invite people who are enemies to what we believe in and will destroy us and what we believe in. And, um, and, and that's be, that's being ignorant. That's being you know putting our head in the sand. So we do need to see that 
there has to be a, a way to test out um, who is desiring to come to our country for the reasons our parents and for, you know ancestors came to um, this country to have a new life to believe in American values to be free to um, be part of that, seeing that as as a new life as opposed to trying to change it um, and have some sort of other world domination viewpoint um, in mind that uh, goes against freedom and uh, um, wants to impose something on us that we detest. Well said, well said. These are the crossroads, and uh, we're at them right now, and there's some, there's some big decisions to make ahead. Uh, I think we can all attest to that. So back when we started this, I, I said, how important are evangelicals in the upcoming election? I, I think, Father Mike, you would agree to, with me that they are most important right now, yeah? Definitely. Yeah. And uh, the other thing, is this a moment of truth for Christianity? I think unequivocally, I think we can both agree, Father Mike, it is 100%. This is a very big moment for Christianity, huh? Yeah, definitely we could lose uh, everything that we hold of highest value um, if we just put our heads in the sand and uh, think that there are no, no enemies out there that want to change um, what we believe in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I want to leave everybody with this thought here. So picture this a moment, if you will, everybody. Put your thinking cap on. Just picture this. Okay. So right now we're at the crossroads in America, around the world. Uh, Christianity plays a big part of this next election and where we take this country forward. And you can just imagine that you could see God sitting on a, um, God is sitting on a uh, kind of a stool here, uh, not far different from what I'm doing right now. And he has a clipboard in front of him, kind of a, you know, the clipboard with a pen. And he's sort of coming through the clipboard and we're sort of, sort of looking at humanity right this moment and taking a look at all the different pieces of are we, you know, are we, um, are we at, are we, uh, you know, passing the test. Are we passing the test at this very moment? Maybe that's a check mark. Yes or no? Are we passing the test? Is this a moment we, where we stand up for good versus evil? Uh, can we fix the the wrongs and make them right again? And I think as you come down the checklist, I, I see this is my vision, anyways. I see God there, sitting right there at that stool with a clipboard, and just coming down and checking those marks to wonder where is humanity at at this very moment? Can we stand the test of time? I do believe we are. It is It is a biblical conversation at this very, very moment for humanity. Father Michael Maginol, it's so good to talk to him today. And again, I want to leave you with that thought, folks. It's the crossroads, and it is a moment for truth and Christianity. And it is time to get loud back at AmericaOutloud.com.